Hello and welcome to the first edition of the J-Bear podcast. I talk about random stuff. I've honestly been wanting to do a podcast for quite some time. I don't know why, but you know, when I listen to my idol Kentucky Sports Radio's Matt Jones, that's how he got his career started. I know Rob and I, uh, my coworker, have talked about podcasts before. In fact, he's kind of the one that gave me the idea when we were driving to a game he and I were broadcasting the other night. He said, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I've always wanted to do one, and now here's my chance. Now, this one's just going to be me uh, to start. Hopefully, if this thing becomes something of a regular uh, base, then I hope maybe I can get some guests, whether it be any friends or just random people wanting to talk about sports, maybe throw in a little politics here and there. I don't want to talk a whole lot about politics because I feel that's just messy business and too many people have two different opinions to where it just gets to the point where all everyone wants to do is yell at each other and they can't respect one another's opinions. But hopefully uh, you all listen to this. I'm going to try to make this maybe 35, 40 minutes long if I can. If it's any shorter than that, I apologize. That's just a goal because, again, when you have a podcast, sometimes there's stuff you got to talk about and sometimes you run out of stuff to talk about. So hopefully I can plan enough stuff ahead of time here. Uh, The Super Bowl was held, and uh, what a game it was. Uh, One of the high-scoring games there. Uh, The Eagles won, thank the Lord. I know myself and many people were rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles, and hopefully you all Uh, were as well. Uh, For those Patriots fans that I have, I question why you're my friends, first of all. And uh, (laughs) thank the Lord again that the Eagles won that game. And what a great game it was. Nick Foles has just gotten himself either, you know, hero status because A, he brought Philadelphia their first uh, Super Bowl championship. Plus, also don't forget, if he wants to go somewhere, maybe if the Eagles choose to release him or trade him, can you imagine the trade value he is going to have now? And if he somehow gets released where he can sign somewhere, the contract he will get from some team is unreal. So the Patriots were awesome. Tom Brady was awesome, too. Look, I don't like Tom Brady, but I cannot deny that he's great. I mean, the fact is he threw for 505 yards, three touchdowns, and he had a fumble, a late fumble. But, I mean, that I blame more on his offensive line. More than anything, I mean, the guy blindsided him when he was getting ready to throw the ball. And uh, I do give Tom Brady credit. He took the loss with nothing but class. He said, yeah, this sucks, but you know what? He said credit to the other team, and uh, they made one really good play. And uh, Bill Belichick said the same thing. He said, got to give credit to them. Our guys played hard, but they played better. And a really, really cool stuff to see after the uh, victory for the Eagles last night. So the Eagles are Super Bowl champions. The Patriots are already favorite uh, to win the Super Bowl next year at the Vegas odds. So I find that kind of interesting there. But who knows what's going to happen with the Patriots? You know, there's talk Rob Gronkowski uh, could potentially retire. Uh, he said he's not going to commit on his future. I was listening to Stephen A. this morning on First Take, and one thing Stephen A. said was like, I take this very seriously. He's like, for one reason. The fact is Gronkowski has historically been hurt. He got a concussion in the AFC Championship. And it's something to think about. You know, people are taking head injuries much more seriously now, as they should. Now, we'll get into more of what I think should happen in football more, especially college football here in a little while. But my thing is, when it comes to Gronkowski, his body more or less is going to be made of glass. I mean, he's got money for the rest of his life. He is on TV a lot. He was on Drop the Mic a few weeks ago. So... You know, this guy is something that I think could potentially go into coaching. I mean, he's one of the best tight ends we've seen in the last 10 years in the National Football League. But he cannot stay healthy. Heck, last year when they won the Super Bowl, he didn't even play. 
Now, Gronkowski in the Super Bowl was awesome. In the regular season, he was awesome. I mean, this was a guy who, when he is healthy, he is without a doubt the best tight end in the game. And him and Brady had to have a connection because Cooks got killed. I mean, that guy cleaned his clock. So Gronkowski had it. And I think Josh McDaniels, who hopefully will be the next head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, one thing that he said was not having Cooks hurt because Cooks is a deep threat that you could have. Brandon Cook is. And so, you know, it's unfortunate that he got hurt. You know, you want to beat a team at their best, but we'll talk about that. You know, some other time, and hopefully now that the offseason is over, I can celebrate the fact that Tom Brady is not a Super Bowl champion today. Um, I do give credit to the Patriots. They're a great team. I'm not denying their greatness. They are a great, great team. But again, I just have a problem with teams like the Patriots who have to cut corners. You know, I'm a Spurs fan. People always compare the Patriots to the Spurs. Here's the difference between the Patriots and the Spurs. The Spurs are widely known as one of the classiest organizations in all of professional sports. They do everything the right way. Their coach is a great dude. Whether you agree with his politics or not, he's a great dude. And the Spurs do everything for the community. They're out there for everyone. And they have success. Their players are class personified. Now the Spurs, they have their own issues right now. They're not very good. This year, they're, you know, without Kawhi Leonard, they're just not a good basketball team. They're getting ready to go on this rodeo road trip. Of course, they're eight-game stretch, and they're going to suck, I think. I, I predict them going probably two and six, three and five on this road trip. they got to get Kawhi Leonard back, and it's ridiculous in, that they haven't gotten him back yet. They should be ashamed of themselves for not having him back. You have all offseason to work it out. He didn't tear anything. He didn't have to have surgery. The fact is you can't get him healthy. That's on you. That is on the San Antonio Spurs for not keeping him up to date. And you know what? He says he wants out of San Antonio. Another reason you might want to look in the mirror, because not many people say, hey, I want out of San Antonio. Especially not a player like Kawhi Leonard, who has an NBA championship, who is an NBA Finals MVP. So something to think about there. So, um, again, all that aside, congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. I have uh, friends that are Philadelphia Eagles fans. Uh, congratulations to you all. Uh, it is special watching your professional team uh, win a professional uh, sports title, whether it be, co- again, professional teams, college teams, it's always special watching your team win. So congratulations to all of my wonderful Eagles uh, friends there. So on this podcast, again, we're going to be talking about a variety of things, uh, college Sports right now, you know, you look at college basketball. Let's focus on that for a little while. Right now, you have the top three teams in the country. You have Villanova, Virginia, and Purdue. They have been the three consistent teams in the country. And as they should be, they deserve to be the top three teams because they keep winning. To me, if you had to pick, to make me pick who's the favorite, I pick Virginia because Virginia will piss you off the way they play. But one thing that they do, though, one th- the thing that they do so well is they control the game. They're so well coached. You know, they went into Duke and they beat Duke. Now, Duke, you know, made it interesting in the second half, but Virginia was so methodical in beating them. We'll get to Duke in a minute and the rest of the Blue Blood teams. So to me, when I look at all this stuff, I'm like, man, this team is awesome. And I, and I think Tony Bennett's a great coach. Kyle Guy, who, of course, plays for uh, Virginia, the former Mr. Basketball here in Indiana. We'll discuss uh, Romeo Lankford. Uh, We'll discuss him coming to Madison later on this week, uh, coming up in just a little while as well. So really, kind of to think about all that, um, 
you know, I think they're a fun team to root for. And Purdue, I really like Purdue. I hope Purdue does very well. I've never hated Purdue. My dad is a Purdue fan. I grew up rooting for Purdue, and uh, I hope they do well. Uh, I hope Purdue does very well. Matt Painter is a great coach. I think he's very, very underappreciated. But Purdue is a team that I could see also getting beat quite easily. They've had a lot of close games, almost lost to IU, almost lost to Rutgers, almost lost to Maryland, almost lost to Michigan. They're a team that if a team like Duke or Kentucky came in, I think they'd get killed. I think a team like Duke or Kentucky would kill them simply because they run and gun and they don't have something to keep up with any of those guys. Maybe not as much Kentucky because Kentucky doesn't have the talent that Duke has, but like a team like Duke, I think a team like Duke would kill Purdue. I think a team like Duke would kill them because Isaac Haas would have no chance against Marvin Bagley, against Wendell Carter. So it's something to think about there uh, when it comes to our local teams. IU, uh, you look at Archie Miller, the job he's done this year. I think he has done a solid job. You know, people are saying, well, I'm not sold on this guy yet. Now, I'm not an IU fan. That is very, very clear. Anyone that knows me knows I don't particularly care for IU. Now, I don't hate IU. I'm not this absolute hater that I hope IU burns and loses at everything. You know, I, I have no issue with their program. The only issue I've really ever had with IU is I think some of their fans are the biggest jackasses I've ever heard. I think their fans are jackasses at times. Not all of them. I have plenty of friends that are great IU fans. But I think their fans, they talk about how their team is the hottest thing since sliced bread, yet they have not won a national championship in my lifetime. I've at least seen my college basketball team win three titles in my lifetime. I've seen my college basketball team go to seven Final Fours in my lifetime. So that's my response to those fans. That's my only issue I've ever had with IU. It's why my dad doesn't like IU. He grew up because he said he hated IU fans. He said they were just so annoying, it drove him to hate IU. But I don't have a strong hatred. I just think their fans are annoying. I'm not going to hate a team because of their fans. I think that's dumb to hate a team because of their fans. The only team... There are two teams in college basketball I hate, and that are the Duke Blue, Duke Blue Devils, just because that's just become a great rivalry with Kentucky, and the Louisville Cardinals, just because Louisville has become everything I despise. Now, we can talk about Louisville later if we want, but my thing is, when it comes to college basketball and IU, Archie Miller's a great coach. A lot of people were upset in my territory, the Big Blue Nation, Kentucky fans, because a lot of people thought Archie Miller, he was going to be the next head coach of... Kentucky after Calipari left. Now, I don't think Calipari's leaving for another several years. I mean, Calipari's only 59 years old. And I, I don't. I think it'll be a long time before Calipari leaves Kentucky. But a lot of people were hoping when it does happen, Archie Miller would be there. So I, I said it when IU got Archie Miller. I said that is a great hire for them. And I think he's going to do well. Now, I could be wrong. This is just what I think. I'm only giving my opinion. Obviously, we have seen nothing yet. But the fact is, I understand why some IU fans are upset about what they've done this year. Because you look. They open up with Indiana State, a team that's not very good, and you get ran off your court by Indiana State. You then host Fort Wayne, and we'll talk about this in a moment. Fort Wayne, again, runs you off the court. Now, I told a lot of my friends this because I saw Kentucky play Fort Wayne early in the season. They played at Rupp early in the year. Fort Wayne hit 13 threes against Kentucky. And I said then, I said, if IU is not careful. IU will lose to this team again. And what did IU do? They came in in Assembly Hall, and you let Fort Wayne hit that many threes. Some of them, you know, they're going to hit. Some shots are just going to fall. But a lot of those shots, they weren't even guarded. So I said that then. But 
a talk for another day. I think IU's also played some great games. They played very well with Duke. They played well with Purdue. Played well with Michigan State. So the talent and the hard work is there. And I do think not having a guy like Deron Davis hurts. I mean, that's an extra body you could have out there. And Jawan Morgan is so undersized. You look at what happened when they played Purdue. It was They threw it to Haas, and Haas was unstoppable. So I think with IU, you've got to give them time. A rebuilding process. It's not going to be like when Calipari, because people say, well, Jordan Calipari came to Kentucky, and he turned around. Calipari also brought in the top six recruits in the land his first year at Kentucky. Archie Miller didn't. If Archie Miller had brought in John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe, Daniel Orton, Darnell Dotson, well, yeah, I mean, you're going to. Well, yeah, of course you're going to have one of the best teams in the country. So to me, when I look at this, I think IU just needs time. Get Archie some time to get some players. Who knows? He might end up getting Romeo Langford. We don't know. Romeo has not announced his decision yet. Now, he plays at Madison Saturday. I hope everyone comes out. If you haven't bought tickets yet, you want to do that. Because if anyone gets a chance to come out and watch this kid play, this kid is a special, special, special player. I got to see him play as a freshman. Tim and I went down to New Albany and called a game down there when Romeo was just a freshman. This kid is special. I saw it then. He's a senior now. He's going for the points record. He just dropped 63 against Jennings County. I hope everyone, if you can, come out and watch something because you will very rarely see a player of this caliber. Let's discuss the Louisville situation. So the Louisville Cardinals are still awaiting to hear official word about their banner from 2013, their championship banner from 2013, and then their Final Four banner from 2012. One thing I'm going to say about this whole situation, I'm never for teams losing banners because I think it is bad for all of college basketball, and I feel bad for those kids the very most of the kids on that team who had nothing to do with this whole stripper scandal and the actually good Louisville fans. There are some out there, shockingly. But those people, those are the ones I feel genuinely bad for, the people that live and breathe Louisville. I feel bad for those fans. But here's my thing. For Tom Jarich, Rick Patino, I don't feel bad for any of them. They did this to themselves. Rick Patino had an affair with a woman at a restaurant in Louisville. Karen Seifer. Now, that is personal business, whatever. I'm not going to judge anybody for what they do in their personal life. That is their business. But it got made public. And the fact that you paid a woman off like that. I'm not saying he should have been fired for that. Never once did I say he should have been fired for that. When that whole situation went down. What Karen Seifer did was wrong. What Karen did was absolutely wrong. She should not have extorted money. You cannot extort money from people. That is a, that's a felony. She deserved to be punished for that. Do I think she got a very, very harsh penalty? Yes, I do. I thought seven years was ridiculous. I thought maybe a year at most or maybe just a long probation. But seven years in prison, that it was absolutely pathetic. That judge had no right sentencing her to that much time in prison. That's ridiculous. You ruined this woman's life for that. That's pathetic. For me, Rick Pitino built this environment, which is a shame because Rick Pitino is a really, really good basketball coach. He's a phenomenal basketball coach, I might add. This guy took Providence to the Final Four. Who did Providence have on that team? Billy Donovan? It's the only name I can really think of that was on that team. 
who's, of course, now the coach at Oklahoma City. Took Kentucky, brought Kentucky out of the dumps after the Eddie Sutton fiasco. He brought Kentucky out of the dumps. His first year at Kentucky when he basically inherited a crap team. He then goes 500. And you knew then, all right, this guy knows what he's doing. Wins a championship in 1996 and what many people consider one of the greatest championship teams of all time. Ask Kentucky fans what they think about that 96 team. They'll tell you it's one of the greatest, it's one of the greatest teams of all time. Overtime loss in 97 to Arizona. And then with his team, I give it, he left after 97. He went to the Boston Celtics. But then Tubby Smith takes over with a team that Patino built, and they won a title in 98. So to me, when I look at all of this, Rick Patino tarnished his legacy. People are not going to talk about how great of a coach he was. And that is all on Rick Patino. He didn't have to set this up. He said, I didn't know what was going on in that stripper situation. I, I didn't know. Really? You had no idea that that hall, that's named after your brother-in-law, who you tragically lost to 9-11. I get that. I'm not not even going to go there. That's an awful thing that happened. Anyone who lost anyone in that, that's a terrible thing. But to me, the fact that you said you know, you always go to that building and you know everything that goes on in that building, yet this is the one thing you don't know about, come on, Rick, you're better than that. If you If he had owned up to this and said, yep, okay, yep, we did that, we shouldn't have done it. I think something would have been done. But the fact is, he should have been fired right then and there after that happens. Clean slate, things would be different. But nope, because Tom Jurich, I'm going to get to him in a minute. Because he pulled that crap. Nope. Got to keep him. And now you get caught paying $100,000 to a recruit. And now you're going to lose your banner. And you're going to lose all that money. And these fans are going to be out of championship. And you're basically, these players are going to be like, hey, what? Tom Jurich... Real quick on him, because I don't want to focus on this. Tom Jurich is a bully. Tom Jurich is nothing but a bully. He owned Louisville. He owned Louisville, is what he did. He pushed people around. Again, Matt Jones, my radio idol, who runs the number one radio show in Kentucky, whose radio show was just ranked as the number 12 midday radio show in the country. Tom Jurich is the reason he wasn't able to be on like an 840 in Louisville. He tried to run Matt Jones out of town because all Matt did was he called Louisville out for their bullshit. That's what he did. So Tom Jurich, as far as I'm concerned, he is nothing but a bully. Sad part is he's a great AD. Great AD. What he was able to do for Louisville, the fact that so many athletic teams under him got a lot better. Baseball team got a lot better. Softball team was good. Uh, soccer teams were very good. Both, um, obviously, the men's team. The men's team had their success. The women's team, it's unbelievable. I'm, I'm very happy for the record. I'm very, very happy for the Louisville women's team. The success that they are having is amazing. Congratulations to them. I hope, that, I hope they go and win the title this year. To me, I would be very, very happy for Louisville if their women's basketball team would win the title this year. Honestly, anyone other than UConn. I mean, given UConn's not the defending champions, but still, I would be very happy for Louisville because I think that would bring that would help the true good people at the university. But what Tom Jurich did at Louisville, there is no excuse for what he did. It is unacceptable to treat people like that. And if he gets another job elsewhere, who knows? The fact is, if he does, it's probably going to be at a smaller university, probably at a school 
like a Murray State or a uh, like an Appalachian State or some other school like that. That's what it's going to take because I guarantee no big name is going to want to hire him after all the crap that went down at Louisville. So there's my response to that. Let's talk about the Kentucky Wildcats for a minute. My team, uh, the Wildcats still ranked in the AP top 25. Uh, the new poll came out here recently. Uh, they're ranked 24th in the country. And to me, when I look at what Kentucky is this year, this is going to be the one year I said from the very beginning, this was going to be the year that was truly going to be Calipari's judgment year in the sense of how good of an X's and O's coach he is, how good of a coach he is at putting teams together. Because he lost so much from a year ago, plus he lost his two seniors, Derek Willis, Dominique Hawkins. You lost so many players. So you have to wonder when you bring in so many young guys, the only returning player you have, you have two of them, Sasha Kalea Jones and Wenyan Gabriel. So you look at what Kentucky is made of this year, you, you don't know. Like You're just like, well, what, what, is, what is this team's chemistry? Well, they don't really have any right now. They play like selfish freshmen. They've had games where they look great against Louisville. They came together because they said, hey, we're not losing to Louisville. And look what happened. They beat them by almost 30. At West Virginia, they're down 15 and a half. I said that at 15, I'm like, heck, I don't have to worry about this. They're done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. So to me, when I look at that and then Kentucky rallies, you're like, all right, this team's starting to get it together. And I said after the West Virginia game, I'm like, all right, here we go. Then they play Vanderbilt, a game in which they should have lost. They are down five with a minute to go. Vanderbilt misses free throws. You hit a three. Then you get lucky. To me, they should have lost the Vandy game. So then going to Missouri. In the first half, you shoot six of 27 from the field. And 0-10 from three against a very, very, very mediocre team. Missouri is not a good basketball team. They are a terrible basketball team. You have no business losing to a team like that. None. There is nothing that that team does better than Kentucky, except maybe shoot threes, and they're not even that good at that. They just happened to hit them against Kentucky this past Saturday. So my response to that is simple. When you look at what Kentucky is going to do this year, how are they going to be able to come together? Because I still think this team can beat anybody in the country. And that's not because I think they're the most talented team, because they're not. I think the most talented team in the country is Duke. We'll get to them in a minute as well. But to me, when I look at Kentucky and the teams that they can play against, I think they would give Purdue fits because Kentucky is a team that loves to run and gun. Purdue is not. Now, I think Purdue is much more disciplined than them when that's where I think Purdue would have an advantage. So if you're Kentucky, what do you do? Do you mope and say, this is awful, man, we suck, we're not good at this, you cry like a damn baby? Or... Do you say, you know what? I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of people looking at us like we're a second-class team. They got to pick it up. They got some tough games coming up, folks. Tennessee at home, who's a bully ball team. Tennessee's looking really good right now. What Rick Barnes has done with that team is really special. I applaud him. You got Missouri at home one more time. You have to go to Florida. You have to go to Texas A&M. You have to go to Auburn. You have Alabama at home, who just knocked off Florida at home. You have Arkansas. I mean, you got all these teams that if you're Kentucky, you say, whoa, what the hell are we going to do? So if I'm Kentucky, I get my shit together now. Because you're going to get your ass kicked if you don't. 
and you're going to keep getting bullied. You're going to keep being a laughing stock, and then come NCAA tournament time, you're going to get bounced in the first round. This team has so much talent. They really do. All right, is it elite talent? No. Here's the thing I'm saying about Kentucky, though, and maybe this will change on a later podcast. But here's what I'm saying about this Kentucky team. I think right now there are only two players that are leaving, and that's Hamadou Diallo and Kevin Knox. They're going to be picked really high. You can't blame them. To me, those are players that are gone. Everyone else, I think, is coming back. Keldon Johnson's coming in next year. Tyler Harrow, Emmanuel Quickly. Not to mention Jamal Baker will be healthy next year. All these players will be back on this team. Wendon Gabriel will be a year older. Sasha Kalea Jones will be a year older. So to me, I hope the Kentucky team just makes it exciting for fans this year because I think next year it's going to be very exciting. I think next year football and basketball could be extremely exciting. I'm really excited for football next year. So many defensive returners, West, uh, Jones, all those guys coming back. Ware, Denzel Ware, all those guys deciding to come back on the defense. Let me tell you what, that makes me excited for Kentucky football. Plus, you got Terry Wilson, uh, Juco transfer. I think I was told he has three years eligibility. I could be wrong there. It's two or three, but I, I heard it was three. So you got this guy coming in who was supposedly one of the top JUCO guys in the country, and then supposedly Gunnar Hoke is another great quarterback. So you really hope that Kentucky competes in football. Will they finally beat Florida? Who the hell knows? I'm stopped, I'm done predicting whenever the hell they're going to beat them. So I don't know. But if I'm Kentucky football, I get excited for next year because I think next year could be special with Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball. But Kentucky basketball, my closing remarks on Kentucky basketball is simple. John Calipari, I think, has done an okay job with this team. They're 17-6. and six. They've won some games they shouldn't have won. But they've also lost a lot of games they shouldn't have lost. So if I'm Kentucky, you got time. Got eight regular season games left. Plus you'll have the SEC tournament. You have time to get this team together. He's calling out the fans. The fans, not, not in a bad way. He's saying, hey, the fans, we need to get behind this team. We need your help. He doesn't do that very often, nor should he have to. So if I'm Kentucky, what I'm saying is, Kentucky, you got to get your shit together, or else it's going to be nothing. It's going to be like a couple years ago when we got bounced in the second round. So that's my thoughts on Kentucky basketball. And again, I think if, with what they have coming in next year, and I think everybody that's going to stay, plus Kentucky football, I think next year, you have Kentucky football, then right into basketball. I think you have potential for a very, very special year in the Commonwealth State. I mentioned the Brandon Cooks hit a little while ago, and this was something I got into an argument with one of my friends about on Facebook. Um, this was several weeks ago. And it's the targeting rule in college football. Now, NFL does not have it, as it shouldn't. Targeting. Basically, for those that don't know the targeting rule, it is this stupid rule that college football decided to put in because they said it's to protect players. But basically, I thought initially, okay, well, if you launch and directly go at someone's head, okay, that's it. But no, it's if you use the crown of your helmet to tackle somebody, it's targeting. If your shoulder, as you're going after them, if it accidentally hits them in the head, it's targeting. I've seen it to where their shoulder pad launches into their chest. That happened in the Kentucky Northwestern game this year, which was one of the most poorly fucking officiated games ever. You know, I, def I, defended re I defend referees often. Because I am one. I am a referee. But I won't defend referees. 
in a case like this. That referee, he has everything. He deserves everything that he has coming to him. There is no excuse for that to be, to officiate a game like that. Now, by everything he has coming to him, I don't mean bodily harm from fans. The fans that are issuing death threats, they're being stupid. Just stop doing that. That's just idiotic. But to me, that is a poorly officiated game. He deserves the punishment of no longer doing games because that is pathetic. You throw out a Kentucky player and then the targeting rule. A player for Northwestern genuinely with his shoulder hits a Kentucky player in the chest. Targeting. Let me say something right now. If you play football, it's a violent sport. You're going to get hurt. I don't care what you say. I don't want to listen to your complaining. I did not play football. Why? Because A, I went to a high school that didn't have it. But B, even if I wanted to play it, even if I was good at it, or even if my high school had it, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to have a large 200 to 300 pound man tackle me to the ground. I don't want it. So if you sign up for it, you know the risk. I don't want to hear you complain. Especially at the college level, because I'm not I'm gonna count out division three there. But division two and division one, you are getting full ride scholarships to play a game. Therefore, I'm not gonna feel bad for you. This targeting rule is ruining football. Put flags on them for all I give a damn. There is no place in football for targeting. Now, if a guy's out there headhunting and he's intentionally trying to like take a dude's head off, okay, fine, throw him out of the game. That's different because that's not football. But when you're telling people, hey, you have to change the way you tackle because you might hit them in the head. I don't give a shit if you hit them in the head. That's what you sign up for. That's like in baseball, deciding, deciding to throw out the pitcher every time you accidentally hit a player in the head. I highly doubt most pitchers are up there saying, all right, I'm going to hit this guy in the head. That's not how it works. Notice how in baseball, the only time you get thrown out is if you're deemed to be intentionally throwing at it. And even in baseball, you typically get a warning. They say, hey, I don't want to see any more of it. One thing I love about baseball is baseball polices themselves. They police themselves. And the league has to do very, very little. Because that's how it should be done. In the NBA, it's gotten soft. I saw there's a play from a few years ago when Carl Malone and the Jazz were playing the Detroit Pistons. Isaiah Thomas goes in for a layup, and Carl Malone takes the point of his elbow, cracks him in the head, busts him open. It's a foul, because that's how it used to be back then. Now, maybe it shouldn't be to that extent anymore. I don't know. But the fact is, we've become so soft as a country in sports and everything. And football is the worst part of it. Targeting rule needs to be eliminated. That is ridiculous. And the NFL is talking about adding it. That's ridiculous. That would make the NFL almost unwatchable if they would add targeting. Because you are throwing players out for nothing. For absolutely nothing. I don't care about whether you're hurt or not. When you sign up to play football, that is what you risk. Just like as a referee, I sign up to get yelled at. Guess what? If a coach and if coaches and fans curse at me, or if a player curses at me, people are like, how can they do such a thing? It's what I sign up for. I'm not complaining about it because it's what I signed up for. If I didn't want to get yelled and cursed at, I wouldn't be an official. It's the same thing. You don't want to get hurt? You don't want to get hit in the head? Guess what? Don't play football then. Easy answer. That's all I got to say there. So that's my thoughts on that. Let's close out. We got about... mm, Three more minutes here or so. Right now, I'm going to briefly address um, some hot political issues. This GOP memo that uh, has been released lately, I don't, I don't know enough about it. So 
what I'm going to say there is this. The Russia investigation, I don't know what's going to happen. In my opinion, the fact that they haven't found anything yet is concerning. Um, in my opinion, they need to find something soon. Because if they don't, then what the hell are you still investigating for? At this point, it's just like, all right, bro, really? So to me, I don't know if there's collusion or not. If there is collusion, I hope I hope they find it. And if indeed, if indeed Donald Trump colluded with Russia and said, yep, I knew all about what Russia was doing and they helped me win this election, then he should be impeached. I 100% agree. I will. You will not see me defend. I'm a conservative, borderline Republican. I don't identify technically with a political party, but if you made me pick one, I would pick a Republican. But I firmly believe that he should be impeached. I did not support Donald Trump in this election, by the way. I was a John Kasich supporter. Did I did not support Donald Trump. I did not. So that's my response there. He should be impeached. And now my message is for everyone. Liberals, conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, independents, whatever you want to call yourselves, libertarians. If someone disagrees with you politically and they're not being hateful about it, that's okay. And by this, I mean hateful. Now, if like I'm talking about now, if there's a Klansman there or something like that, or a neo-Nazi, obviously that's a different ballgame. That's that's a little different. I'm not telling you you have to be friends with a neo-Nazi. But example, if in one corner we have a conservative who believes that the tax bill is good, they say, yeah, the tax bill is a great idea because people are getting money. But then on the other side, you have a liberal who says, no, you're an evil person. Yo, screw you, screw you, you suck. Well, no, that's not okay. That is not okay in today's society. What is okay is, is something like this. If you want to debate somebody, go for it. I'm all for debate. I love debate. When I'm with my friends, my fraternity brothers, there are times where we will literally sit down and for 30 minutes we'll talk. And you know what? We disagree politically. Myself and a lot of my fraternity brothers do. But I don't hate them. I love them. One of my best friends lives in New York City. He and I are on complete opposites on some issues. Now, there are some issues I agree with, like I believe in marijuana legalization, criminal justice reform, yada, yada, yada. But the fact is, I don't hate him for it. He doesn't hate me. He and I tell each other we love each other all the time whenever we see each other. So why exactly do some people insist that they hate other people? Because even if they support Donald Trump, watch The View, a show that I enjoy watching. Watch that show. Meghan McCain is a conservative on the show. And other people on the panel disagree with her. Now, you have various opinions on there. Whoopi. Whoopi's kind of the moderator. Now, Whoopi has her opinions, but then Sonny and Joy, obviously. And then Sarah Haynes. Sarah Haynes is, I think, very moderate. Sarah Haynes just, I think, tries to bridge the peace with everyone. Now, Sarah Haynes is on maternity leave right now. But watch that show and watch that they disagree. They love each other. Meghan McCain said recently on Stephen Colbert how she loved Joy. Said she's a privilege to work with. Watch Bill Maher's show. He had Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch, on his show this past week, and Bill loved it. So, if any of you out there hate me because I'm a conservative, then I don't want anything to do with you, quite frankly. Because I'm not going to hate you for being liberal. Even if you're an extreme liberal, and I know some, I'm not going to hate you for it. I'm going to judge whether I like you or not based on how you treat me. If you treat me well, I'm, I'm going to treat you well. You treat my friends well, I'm going to treat you well. You treat other people with kindness, I'm going to treat you well. Anyone ever gets a chance to watch a brilliant speaker, watch Ben Shapiro. He's a conservative speaker, but he encourages, you now he differentiates liberals and leftists, but he encourages people from the left and liberals 
to come to his talks and to talk to him. And he will not shout at you. He won't call you names. He's not Milo. He won't call you names. All he wants to do is talk with you. That's all he wants to do. So there's my reaction there. And I want everyone to understand that it's okay to have disagreements. I disagree with my own family on certain issues. I am a firm believer in complete recreational legalization of marijuana. Weed is something that should be legalized. We have too many people in jail for weed. I think we need criminal justice reform. We have too many people being put in jail. That's something I disagree with with my family, but that's okay. I still love them. I'm tired of this society we live in where you can't have disagreements anymore. That's not what we are about as a society. So please, my message to everyone for this end of this podcast, love each other. Doesn't matter what political aisle you're on. Love each other. Think about this in sports. I have UK. I have friends that are UK fans, friends that are I actually, I don't know any of my close friends that are Spurs fans. I had one friend in college who was a Spurs fan. Reds fans, yada, yada, yada. But I don't hate them for it. You don't hate your friends because they're fans. But yet when it comes to politics, it's different. Think about that. Love each other today, and that's okay. That's all the time I got for today. I appreciate everyone listening. Um, Again, I'm going to post this. I want to know what you all think. So comment. Um, leave me responses, messages, message me on Facebook. Um, I'll typically add people if they, uh, add me on Facebook. The only way I won't add you is if you seem to be like a bot or something like a not real person. So please, if you want comment, I want to know what I can do to improve this. This is again, the first time I decided to whip this up. So to me, thank you for listening. God bless each and every one of you. I hope you all enjoy your week. Uh, Stay safe, because I know sometimes weather, especially in Indiana, can get a little out there. But thank you very much for listening. God bless each and every one of you. And I'll talk to you soon. This has been the J-Bear Podcast inaugural show.